everybody, and welcome back to the fourth episode of Empty Betters, presented by... Damn, I wish I could tell you guys something. <laughs> We're getting there. We're working on it. Um, we are back after a long week with a couple of news and updates from around the league. Hope you all had a good week. Uh, I'm your host, Harrison Schulz, and over here to my left, my co-host... What's up, guys? It's Nick. Glad to be back. Had a great weekend. Got into some more shenanigans again. Uh, went with some buddies down to Richmond International Raceway. Oh, Jesus Christ. Had an absolute day and a freaking half. We roll into this cornfield parking lot at probably noon, maybe closer to 1130, <laughs> and uh, just, you know, pull up next to all these rednecks, pop the trunk, and just start slamming bush lights for about eight hours. And you then, act like you're not one of the rednecks. I- exactly, and then watched a bunch of guys drive really fast in a circle for about five hours, and I was in heaven. It was an unbelievable experience. Actually got to talk into some hockey fans while we were down there, because, like, your trip in Miami, you can find hockey fans everywhere. So shout out to Orlando and to Corey. Uh, thank you for your hospitality and letting us uh, stand under your tent because it was about 105 fucking <laughs> degrees. And as you can see from my neck, I got quite sunburnt. Um, but yeah, two cool guys, uh, both from uh, former service members. So just thank you for your service and thank for you. your hospitality. And uh, Orlando, you made some of the best Pico de Gallo I've ever had. So thank you again <laughs> for having us. And that was an absolute blast. Can you please describe your outfit for all the viewers who don't follow us on social media yeah so for those of you that don't know me um i actually grew up in a nascar watching household i've been a jeff gordon fan since i was born um on my nightstand i have an eight and a half by 11 that says to nick from jeff gordon so you know i was decked out in 24 gear head to toe um also i did 24 times of that exactly i did i may or may not have i accidentally sneezed really hard and then my facial hair on my upper lip grew really fast so I had a mustache, but it wasn't my fault. And then, you know, I was like, well, if I'm you know, going to a NASCAR race, I'm not going to not wear jorts. <laughs> so I had to, you know, break those bad boys out one more time. And, Did uh, you custom cut them? Oh, of course. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Legs, type shit. Yeah. legs look good, though, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. They look great. Not Tory Krug's legs. But no, not Tory Krug or Crosby legs, but they look good. <laughs> but, yeah, it was an absolute blast. My buddy Marty from uh, – if you guys haven't given a listen to Fiction Football, go follow them. They're awesome. I think Marty peaked that day. Um, for those of you that know Marty, that was kind of his element. And I'm pretty sure he hasn't mentally come back from that place yet. Nope. I think he's still in Richmond. Yeah. he No, he's not back. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, him and another one of our friends actually hosts a podcast about fantasy football called Fiction Football. Um, if you guys are in the midst of your fantasy season, go check them out. They know their shit. They're funny. They're good. Uh, they do a great job. Anyways, moving on. Uh, Nick, let's catch up on the updates around the league over the past week. So obviously the biggest news, because we're still in preseason, but the biggest news as of late has been the signings. Brock Besser for the Vancouver Canucks finally signed, so everyone in Vancouver can relax. I can finally get the V-shaped jersey. Exactly. Three years, $17.6 million. Uh, not sure what the AAV on that is, but that's a nice little bridge deal for Brock. He could have gotten a lot more, I think. Yeah, probably. Nicest hair in the league, arguably, Sick too. flow. He looks like uh, Prince Charming from Shrek. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. kind of does, yeah. actually, just with a nasty wrister. Exactly. Um, the other big signing uh, for a Canadian team would be Thomas Shabbat, 
from the Ottawa Senators got locked up to an eight-year, $64 million contract. Uh, I'm going strictly off memory here. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I saw a tweet. I'm pretty sure Jeremy Roenick tweeted this, but I think Shabbat has 85 career points, and he just signed a $64 million deal. Yeah, um, I, whoever it was, I, I know what you're talking about. They also tweeted that in 2021-2022, he will be like the fourth highest paid defenseman in the league. Yeah, I mean, look, the kid's skilled as all get out, skates like the wind, very Carlson-esque to you know suit as his uh, replacement, so to speak. I think, is it crazy that I think this is a good deal? I think this is a great deal. I mean... If, I mean, I know he's. This like is the brightest spot Ottawa's had in probably yeah. since they went to the conference final against Pittsburgh. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ruin that franchise. Thank you, Chris <laughs> Kunitz. Uh, this is a good deal, I think. I think he's going to be a really good player. I'm a little weary just because of how small of a sample size we've had. Yeah. But that's not his fault. I, I kind of don't like when people say, oh, well, I haven't seen enough, even though I do that all the time. But. You know, it's not a player's choice as to how many games he plays, right? It's up to the GM and the coach. You can only judge on what you've seen. And so far, my God, I mean, he can man the point on the power play. He can lug the puck up the ice by himself solo to get the forwards going in on the forecheck with momentum. He's a complete tank in the neutral zone. He's a big boy, too. Yeah. I, I mean, feel like one of, that's one of the most underrated things about him is his size. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good signing. So good job for Ottawa. You got your D-man locked yeah. up. Him and Brandstrom have the potential to be probably... Like Suter Weber type. Yeah, guy. it's like, you know, probably the best pair in the NHL in the next five years or so. Them or McCarr and Byram when yeah. they hit their stride in Colorado. But should be interesting to see how it plays out. Anyways, moving on down the list, another defenseman that signed uh, in Boston, Brandon Carlo, two years, 2.8 AAV. Steel. Steel. a year for a defenseman like that. That's a great bargain for Boston. Uh, And then the big news as of today, we are recording this on the 23rd of September, was that Braden Point finally signed with Tampa Bay, three years, $20.25 million. God damn it, man. How? At least we don't have to hear about it anymore. So I don't know know what Tampa's cap situation is. They've got to be... Like right up there. They, oh, they're there. They, they're right on the they line. They might have like a hundred k to spare, if that. I, I right. like seriously. How are they affording this? How are they doing this? It's just. Yeah, they're just gonna like cancel all the team photos for the year. They're gonna be like, yeah, we can't afford to pay the photographer, so uh, John Cooper's just gonna <laughs> take a selfie with his cell phone. <laughs> the, that's the team photo for the year. <laughs> oh shit! Oh man! Um, yeah, I mean, fuck. That's a great. That's a great deal. I mean, he was one of the top players in the league last year. I mean, he's. I don't think he's personally a top 10 player in the league, but you could argue last year that he might have been. Yeah, he's important for them. So, yeah, yeah. they're set once yeah, again. Them. Yeah, of care. course. Uh, moving on from signings, there's some other news that's come out around the league. Uh, Connor McDavid, for those that don't remember, had a PCL tear in his left knee uh, at the end of the season last year. He has said to the media that he believes he will be ready to go for the home opener. Good. Like, who cares? 82 games. He was going to come back at some point. Yeah. But, no, know. I want to see him on opening night. Exactly. He's, he's for Oilers fans, it's a big deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, I love the Rip Oilers fans, but, my, I mean, you want to see this guy play. This you is, want the best player to be playing. This is this is the guy you want to watch on TV, right? When, when the games are starting on Friday night or Saturday night, whatever the opening night is, you're going to stay up late to watch him. And I know I will be. It's, for he's sure. He's just that excited. 
fun to watch, hell of a skater. Um, moving on from that, uh, if you haven't seen, NBC Sports will not have Pierre Maguire on their sort of number one broadcast team for the, uh, the NHL games they do. That doesn't mean he won't be calling games anymore. You probably just won't hear him with Eddie and Doc. Great job, NBC. <laughs> Holy shit, our prayers have been answered. We are free of that freak show, freaking bowling pin-looking motherfucker. We're good. Now, granted, I think Brian Boucher is going to be his replacement. Brian Boucher is going to be the replacement. Boucher's good, you know. He's kind of boring, but I'd rather have boring than creepy like Pierre. Yeah, uh, everyone, you know, liked to rip on Pierre uh, for being creepy, or he would come up with, like, a random fact <laughs> about where, like, you know, oh, did you know that, like, Keith Kachuk used to wipe front to back and not back to front? <laughs> like, shit, like, shit like this that you're just... You're like, really? Did I did I need to know where like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, like, you know, he went to this Tim Hortons versus that Tim Hortons when he was playing junior in Red Deer? Like, no, Pierre, we don't care. I just want to watch the game. Sidney Crosby kept his socks in his top drawer. Exactly. Top like drawer. it's I just want to watch the game, man. Oh, uh, man. so I think a lot of people were happy, but I do think in a weird way we're gonna end up miss like missing him on the number one team. Oh, uh, you're probably uh, gonna see him more on the West Coast games now. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say I'm going to miss Pierre because I surely won't, but I I can appreciate his weirdness to uh, add to my entertainment while watching a game. I'd love to see him get another shot at coaching. That would just be so entertaining. I swear to God, he's got history with Pittsburgh. If that ever happened, I'd shoot myself. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, other than that, uh, one big news point around the signings that we didn't mention is that Miko Rantanen and his agent have said that they are still nowhere near close to signing a deal with Colorado. Obviously, Colorado is kind of in a position where you desperately need to have this player. He, as we've mentioned before, he was one-third of the best line in hockey last year, and you can't afford to let a player of that caliber just walk away. No, the abs are fucked if they don't sign him. Yeah, uh, 100%. He's huge on that power play. He gets a ton of power play points. I think he was top five in the league last year in power play yeah. points, if I'm not mistaken. I'd love to see them just park him in front of the net and shoot around him, too, because oh yeah, great or, size. Even that, or just on the half wall, right? You're running. If you're running the umbrella, you got Makar at the point, McKinnon on the left wall, and you got Ranton on the right wall. Good, <laughs> good Those luck are three damn good one-tees right yeah, there. Good luck stopping that. But, I mean, he's huge for their team. They are not even close to the same team without him. I hate sounding obvious saying that. Their Stanley Cup odds, if he's not starting, should probably dip too, I would imagine. Absolutely. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on. Another Finnish player who does not have his contract settled is Patrick Laine of the Winnipeg Jets. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah. Apparently they are nowhere near close. There have been indirect shots taken between him and Paul Maurice. It's been nasty. Years. Yeah, it's been it's been very... Passive aggressive. Yes, it's like two definitely. chicks fighting on Instagram. Like the same guy. <laughs> it's kind of weird. But, They're like uh, subtweeting each other, yeah. but it's like interview back it's, and it's forth. A, it's a verbal subtweet that has really bad accents. Yeah, yes, it it's really funny. Paul Maurice is just—he's hysterical. He's so dry and sarcastic. I could watch his interviews all day. I love him, but uh, yeah, they're nowhere near close. Really interested to see how that dynamic plays out. Uh, did Kyle Connor get signed? I can't remember. Nope. No. So Kyle Connor for the Winnipeg Jets is still not signed. And as Nick already mentioned, uh, or I actually can't remember if he already mentioned, but uh, Dustin Bufflin. We talked about it last week. Yes, yeah. Dustin Bufflin is quote-unquote suspended from the team. They're pretty much doing this to save themselves 
a salary cap hit for him until he decides if he's going to retire or not. So there's a lot of question marks in Winnipeg. And the Jets are not yeah. in a great position right now. Obviously, the whole, no. you know, air quotes, suspension of Buffalo, like Harrison said, is basically a salary cap bailout. And so the team can sort of figure out what they're doing outside of, you know, what they have going on with him. Obviously, he's taking personal time to figure out what's going on with um, – you know, what he wants to do with his future, if he wants to continue playing, if he wants to continue playing with the Jets, which at this point I feel like he probably doesn't. It kind of seems like that team is falling apart, so it'll be interesting to see what they do going forward. Yeah. Uh, you got any other notes on the updates? The only other notes and sort of updates around the league I have is ESPN Plus, if you're a nerd and you pay for that service like I do, released a list of the NHL teams in the best shape going forward for the next three years. So I just wanted to share with you guys the top three and the worst three. The top three from best to worst are Colorado, called it, Tampa Bay, we knew that, and Las Vegas, which I thought was interesting. They are in good shape, but I still thought it was interesting that they were at number three. Yeah. I'm a little surprised the Rangers aren't on there. Me too, or the Devils, really. Yeah, someone with a lot of youth coming up through the pipeline. Yeah. Like, Colorado makes a ton of sense. Like Vegas is kind of... I get. Would you say five years? Three, three years. Three, three years. years. Okay, three years. Yeah, I guess I can understand that. They they definitely have that window for the next three. And then this is the funny part. So the worst three, um, the third worst is the Buffalo Sabers. The second worst is the Minnesota Wild, and the worst, as you've guessed, is the Ottawa Senators. And I feel like that'll change. Like you said, if this was like a five year list, I don't think Ottawa would be last. Uh, no, and even for a th- for a three year, I would agree with that. I don't know about the Sabers per se. I, I mean, they have the young guys to do it. Yeah, and I think they brought goalie. in some good pieces this year. I guess if those pieces, goalie, yeah. yeah, if the pieces don't stick around, they really don't have a franchise goalie at this point. So I can't really argue with that list, but I'd be curious to see what our viewers would think on that. We'll probably make an Instagram post about that or something. Yeah, so feel free to let us know who you think the team that is going to be in the worst shape going over the next three years is, unless it's the Caps or the Penguins, and you can fuck off. <laughs> but um, yeah, other than that, without further ado, let's jump into our Metro Division preview, the one you all have been waiting for. All right, so without further ado, let's get to this. I know this is the one that all of you guys, well, most of our friends have been waiting for at least. You know, we're going to talk about your team. You might like what we have to say. You might not. I really don't care. You probably won't. Yeah, but let me know what you think. So let's get started. We're just going to run down the odds like usual before we jump into this. No surprise here. The best odds to win this division are your Washington Capitals at 7-2. to two. They are not my Washington Capitals. Uh, there, okay. there are Washington Capitals. It's okay. Uh, next best behind them, way far down the list behind them, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins and Carolina Hurricanes are both at a 9-2. to two. The New Jersey Devils are at a 6-1. to one. The New York Islanders are at a 7-1. to one. The Rangers are at an 8-1. to one. The Flyers are at a 9-1. to one. And the Jackets are at a 25-1. to one. That's so tight. Yeah, this so tight. So tight. <laughs> this is the probably the tightest odds out of any division we've seen. I mean, we've seen a couple 300-1s, a couple 500-1s. This is Where this else is, have you seen 6, 7, 8, and 9-1 to one consecutively, like back-to-back-to-back? To back to back? No, you don't see it. This Nick and I have agreed that... This division is probably the tightest 
out of all of them. And what we mean by that is you can go through all eight teams and you can really argue that all eight teams could make the playoffs. They, all eight, like all the teams here could legitimately make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. and, and then be dangerous in the playoffs too. Yeah, I think this is the best division in hockey. I'd say maybe the Central is right behind it. NHL Network will say the Central, but... Yeah, I think this is it. I mean, this is the deepest one we have. This is a hard one to bet. So, uh, you know, take our picks with a grain of salt because yeah. this, is, this is tough. Who knows what could happen. So we're going to go alphabetical like we usually do, and we are going to start with the team that ruined my spring this past year, the Thank Carolina you. Hurricanes. Total fluke. <laughs> they finished fourth in this division last year. As I mentioned just a minute ago, they're 9-2 to odds to win it this year. They finished the last season with 46 wins, 29 losses, 7 overtime losses, and 99 points. Obviously, they reached the Eastern Conference Finals last season. I don't care. That was stupid. It was a fluke. It's not going to happen again. Uh, they brought in Eric Halla, Ryan Dezingle, Jake Gardner. Nubs. Yeah, it, you know, good pieces, but I really don't see it changing the lineup all that much. I was honestly shocked their odds to win this division was that good. Maybe it's because they came out with that new road sweater. Oh, yeah, they are Looked fresh. pretty good. Yeah, they are fresh. I like this. Yeah, I would expect a Zingle to boost second and third line scoring. That's essentially the reason he was brought in. That's what he did for uh, Columbus last year in his short stint with them. At this point, I think we can expect that Justin Falk is going to be moved, and I feel like the Jake Gardner signing was sort of not to replace him, but to right the sinking ship if Falk leaves. Yeah. Uh, first two thoughts that come to my mind. One, thank you to the state of Carolina for ruining the Capitals back-to-back so I didn't have to deal with those peasants gloating in my face anymore. I'd just like to personally thank you. Uh, number two. Shit, what was I going to say for number two? Mm. Um, oh, yeah. They have three players that are really the X factors here, in my opinion. Nino Niederreier, Andrei Sveshnikov, or Obi, Obi's bitch, um, and Tevu Teravainen. Those three players are all young, good players that— Extremely potent players yes, if they get hot. They have been 40 to 50-point getters in their careers historically on average. If they can take the jump to the 60 or 70 points range, I think that this team could be dangerous. However, I think it is— to be quite frank, straight up disrespectful to have them tied with division win odds with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I, you know, that's one of the few things I'm going to agree with you on when it comes to the Penguins. Their defense looks decent. Slavin, Hamilton, Gardner, Pesci, Flurry. Obviously, you can say Falk is going to be moved. And Gardner, too. Yeah. It's, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's solid. And if Hamilton learns how to use his feet in the postseason this year, instead of just standing there while Capitals players skate around him, <laughs> they could be decent. My big question for them is, is their goaltending going to be good enough? Uh, I do not think so. I don't either. Mrazek kind of shouldered the load last year. He was hurt for a little while, but he's decent. I don't know if he's enough to carry them in another deep postseason run. Yeah, I don't think he is. The thing that I – I do think they were a fluke last season. However, I have a lot of faith in Rod Brindamore as a coach. I I do too. Go green. Yeah. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I think – he is the type of coach who can get the most out of his depth guys, uh, similar to Dan Quinn, the coach of the New York Rangers. Yes. I think he can get third and fourth liners to put up 20 to 30 points. I think he can get a lot out of the young guys and motivate them, like the three I listed earlier. I trust him. I think he's a great coach. However, I don't think their lineup is as good 
I mean, it didn't change that much. I don't really know what to say. I just think I think the flu. Furland loss is going to hurt them more than they think. They kind of needed him. And, you know, I mean, their center depth, right? Aho, stud, first line, okay. Jordan Stone, the second line, he played better last season down the stretch. But still under the radar. Still under the radar, and I don't think he's quite fitting that second line center mold. Is like it safe used. to say he's sort of on the downswing of his career? I think he's been on the downswing since yeah. he left Pittsburgh, to yeah. be quite honest. But, you know, he's a good third-line guy, maybe. He can carry second line on a team like this, but on most teams I don't see him as a second-line center. Eric Halla on the third line, not bad, respectable. Lucas Walmark on the fourth line, okay, whatever. I mean, I just don't really think they have the depth up the middle to compete with the big boys, even though they did last year, but I don't really get how. I agree. I think one of the reasons they were so good last year was they were the best team in the NHL at shot attempt differential, so going to go stat guy here. So they were at a plus 750 for that, and essentially in English that means they attempted 750 more shots at 5-on-5 than their opponents did over the course of the year. And I completely attribute that to Rod Brindamore. Yeah, so obviously you shoot the puck more, puck's going to go in a lot more, Yeah, you're going to score more goals, you're going to win more hockey games. It's And with a systems coach like him, they're restricting a lot of shots from their opponents. I don't think they're going to be that good this year. Um, I will label last year as a fluke. If they shut me up, oh well, it wouldn't be the first time I'm wrong, but I think they are going to finish... Mm-hmm. Sixth place in the division. There are eight teams in the division for those who are unaware. I agree. Uh, my prospect to watch for them, and this guy is expected to make an impact this season, it's Martin Neches. He can play forward, so obviously you're looking at center potentially. I would expect him to be on the wing just as he gets accustomed to uh, the NHL game. He was taken 12th overall in 2017, spent last season in the A. I'm pretty sure their farm team won the Calder up last year I sure pretty sure um, <laughs> why not <laughs> so he's looking to make the team out of camp I would expect him to do so he's got he's got great size so I would expect him to sort of fill that role the big guy where you know Furlan left obviously I don't think he has the chippiness that Furlan does but I would expect him to be you know yes yeah, to fill that role. Also curious to see what Justin Williams does this season. Yeah, Just it'll be interesting games. to see if he like comes back halfway through or yeah. you know what he ends up doing. Just a lot, tiny, tiny point there, but regardless. Yeah. All right. Anyways, moving on, we are now going to the great state of Ohio with the Columbus Blue Jackets. What a state. So it's going to be different for these guys this year. Uh, they had – an unbelievable start to their postseason in sweeping the President's Trophy winning Tampa Bay Lightning and statistically maybe the greatest hockey team ever put together. They finished fifth in this division last year. They are projected to come in last in this division list this year with 25 to 1 odds to win it. They finished the season with 47 loss, 40, 47 wins, 31 losses, four overtime losses, and 98 points. They lost a lot of key players this offseason. They lost their goaltender, Sergei Bobrovsky. They lost their superstar winger, Artemi Panarin, their star center, Matt Deshane, and they also lost center Ryan Dezingle, as we just mentioned. Yeah. uh, I think Columbus will come in last. However, like we said, this division is extremely tight. I think they come in last by a slim margin. I think the difference between the first-place team and the last-place team could be in the single digits, to be quite honest. I completely agree. Maybe even, like, I'd even go out on a limb and say seven points at most. I think this is going to be really tight. 
I mean, they could come in last place and be in the playoff race come April. Absolutely. I mean, this team could very well be a wild-card playoff team or miss it by one or two points. They brought in Gustav Nyquist. That'll help their depth a little bit. My big concern was they basically just went to their backup to replace Bobrovsky. So Jonas Corposalo is going to take over as the full-time starting goaltender. He's shown that he can be a consistent number two. It'll just be interesting to see how he does as the number one. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm not sold on the goaltending. However, I'm looking at their roster as we speak. I really like their center depth. Pierre-Luc Dubois, who is a really good player as their first-line center. Alexander Wenberg as their second-line center. Not a lot of people know about him, but he's a very solid two-way player. He can play both ends of the ice. He's got great speed. He's young. And he's an absolute man rocket. Um, I think he could be a great second-line center. Boone Jenner, great grit, big, big boy. Uh, great third line center. I think he could be a shutdown player for the Jackets when they're playing against top lines with Kuzi, Crosby, Giroux, yeah, whatever. Yeah, seriously. And Riley Nash in the fourth line. I mean, that's not a bad – that's really not a bad center core. Their third line is projected to be Nick Felino, Boone Jenner, and Josh Anderson. That's a great third line. I love that. Josh Anderson's a scrappy bastard. Yeah, and he's like six foot five, he's like two thirty. I mean, he's a big boy. This is a big team. This Their defense f- looks good. Their top four is solid. Well, you got Wierenski and Seth Jones. Needless to say, I mean, that's two top ten defensemen. Yeah. And the then Murray and Savard too. Yeah, I. Again, it's really weird picking these guys last because I love. Not love, but I like their roster. On paper, they look great. It's yeah. just the fact that Panarin, Bobrovsky, and Duchesne aren't there anymore. Yeah, I'm not sold on the goaltending. It should be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, I'm interested to see how Panarin leaving will affect Cam Atkinson's point production. They fed yeah. off of each other so well last season. Uh, great point. Yeah, if you're a fantasy guy and you pick up Atkinson, I would expect it to not be as high as last season, but I could be wrong. Similar to what we said about uh, Patrick Laine couple episodes ago one of the best pure shooters in the league 100 percent got an absolute cannon on him yeah i don't know it's just a different season for them i don't really think anybody knows what to expect they have good depth they have the defensemen i'm just not sure if their goal t- i mean i don't know what their goaltending is going to do that's really the big question mark for me i agree uh their general manager yarmo kikalainen said and I'm quoting, I don't believe in one or two individuals, whether they're coming or going, that are going to be the only difference in how a team does. So obviously they're looking for, you know, the whole team to buy in, not rely on one player, which sounds great, but those are pretty, you know, those three that left, those were pretty damn good players that did leave. Yeah, I agree. Uh, My prospect to watch for them is Alexander Texier. Uh, He was taken fourth overall in 2017. He played eight of 10 playoff games. So, obviously, the coaching staff likes this kid. He's looking to improve his defensive game this year, and they have him projected to start on the top line. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, they do. Okay. So, obviously, <laughs> so Tor- Torts likes the kid. Yeah. Uh, so, I, he's obviously immensely offensively talented. I think he just needs to improve his 200-foot game. Sounds good. Uh, and my bottom line for this team is it'll be tough, but I think this team could still crack the playoffs, as we mentioned. Oh, they easily could. I'm yeah. predicting last place, but like I said, it could be as slim as a seven-point margin between them and a first-place team. Absolutely. Um, so moving on to the not-so-great state of New Jersey, uh, the Devils <laughs> finished last in this division last year. Uh, they are a 6-1 to one odds to win it this year. Uh, they finished the season with 31 wins, 41 losses, 10 overtime losses, and 72 points. Obviously, their biggest addition came in their first overall pick in Jack Hughes. 
They also picked up P.K. Subban, Wayne Simmons, and the Goose, Nikita Gusev. I don't want to admit that I kind of like the Devils this year because I don't like the Devils historically, but it's hard not to like the players on their team. I love Taylor Hall. I love the way he plays. He's so fast. He's so dynamic. Uh, and he's, Handsome bastard, too. Yeah, he's kind of funny on Twitter, too. He's going to come back this year with a chip on his shoulder after the long injury he had. Uh, Nico Hishier, very interesting to see how he develops this season. Being a first overall pick. In, they have they have what, three first overall picks on their team. They're the new Oilers, except they don't suck as Exactly. Bad. I was going to say, how many other teams can you think of besides the Oilers that have had that? Yeah. Uh, Kyle Palmieri, American, love him. Great grit. Good shot, two-way forward, love his game. Wayne Simmons, I think, will be huge for their power play camping out in front of the net. I am being told that Gusev and Hughes have developed a decent amount of chemistry in the preseason. It, it looks like it. Hughes looks out. fucking great right now. Yeah, he had two goals in his preseason debut. Uh, suck it, Capo Caco. You got a lot of fun with you. All right, so I was going to bring this up at the end of the division preview. Who do you think will have the better first season, Capo, Caco, or Jack Hughes? Before you answer, everybody and their mother was saying that Capo, Caco was going to have a better first season because he'll be on the first line with Panarin. He'll get the one-timer. Or he'll, one-timer. he'll get the power play time with the one-timer, probably on the right half wall. But after what I saw from Hughes in his debut, <laughs> I would look for, and this is going to, sound a little crazy I would look for Kako to have a better start to the year I think Hughes is going to have a better year overall I'm gonna agree with you I think I think he's got more to work with I know that sounds kind of crazy considering they just got Panarin and stuff but Gusev skill guy he can feed Hughes the puck Hughes doesn't have to be the main puck carrier Wayne Simmons is going to be in front of the net getting all sorts of deflections and rebounds I don't know man and if they decided to switch with Hall and Palmieri on his side I think he's going to have a monster year. I agree. For, by a rookie standards. I think Jack Hughes will crack the 60-point plateau. Interesting. I think he gets a 62-point season somewhere around 62, there. 62, write it down. You want to hear something crazy about Wayne Simmons? Yes. Here's, here's a stack guy moment for you guys. So, obviously, he's great on the power play. He has 91 power play points since 2011, and that's third in people since 2011 behind Ovi and Stamkos. Oh, my God. <laughs> So Ovi has 149, Stamkos has 95, so he's not even that far behind Stamkos. Yeah, that's kind of crazy he's even mentioned in the same breath as those exactly. guys. Exactly. Uh, they have a little bit of depth with Travis Zajac on the third line. He's been around forever, great two-way forward, good on the face-offs. Uh, Jesper Bratt, he's awesome. He is awesome. He's, Very underrated. Yeah, he's a scrappy bastard too. Miles Wood, one of the most handsome guys in the league. He's probably in the top 10 fastest players in the league. For sure. He's got some good hands. I really like his game. I think he's great on the PK as well. He's a shot blocker. I like their depth up front. PK Subban's a huge addition on the back. Not sold on Sammy Vatina. I think he had a little bit of a down year last year. He didn't yeah. really impress me. He too. obviously still has that upside you know, offensively, but I think they're going to look for more of that out of Subban. Subban. And, you know, you would – think Vatnin would be more of a stay-at-home guy at this point. Yeah, Will Butcher on the back end, young kid. He's good. Skate. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he's literally the definition of a two-way defenseman. He can move the puck, he can play 100%. defense, he's physical. But after that, I just... Severson's not bad. I think he's a solid player, but, you know, Andy Green, he's getting kind of older. I think he's the... Is he the captain? Most random captain Most in the league is Andy Green. Most random captain of all time. Yeah. Um, 
Is do they have Ty Smith on their opening? They night? do have. Ty okay, Smith. so that's my uh, prospect to watch. He's taken 17th overall in 2018. He won Defenseman of the Year in the CHL last year. Uh, he was the last player cut by the Devils last season, and he is, as you said, projected to make the opening night roster. And they got Corey Schneider and Nett. He's been the most bipolar goalie over the last three or four seasons. Yeah, seriously. I'm not really sure what to expect out of him. I feel like that's kind of their big question mark. Like, on paper, they look great going into this year, but it's going to be can Schneider sort of have a bounce-back year and return to what he used to be? Yeah, I mean – Contrary to what the Devils have been in the past, which is a defensive powerhouse, I think they're going to have to be a top-end offensive team this season to crack the playoffs. Yes. To me, their big X factor is the power play. Yeah. I, here's my here's my hot take. I don't know if this is a hot take, but they are going to have to be in the top 10 teams in power play percentage by the end of the year to make the playoffs. If I they agree. Don't, I don't think they have a chance. And I mean – if you're going to have a weapon, you might as well use it. This team, I mean, what does their first power play unit look like? I'm sure it's loaded. Uh, you're right for this. They've got Taylor Hall, Nico Heashier, Wayne Simmons, Kyle Palmieri, and P.K. Subban. Yeah, that sounds That's not even putting good. Hughes or Gusev up there. I'm sure they'll get rotated in and out as well. For I mean, sure. That's absolutely stacked. Yeah. I think they've given Hall all the you know pieces where they're saying, like, dude, can you please resign? Because if we lose you, we're kind of fucked. But <laughs> I think he will resign. I think he will, too. Uh Bottom line, I think the Devils will be a good team this year. I think they make the playoffs this year. I think they're a wild card team. I'm sold. Yeah. I like it. I I just love the youth that they've brought in. I think Taylor Hall coming back from injury, he's going to be an absolute tank. I think Simmons is going to help out their power play a lot, and I think Subban is going to bring a little bit of swagger to the team and you know be a good locker room presence. I think they'll be a good tight knit group. Exactly. I got the Devils coming in fourth in this division, and I think they are a wild card team. I agree. Uh, now they just need to do one thing and change their uniforms back because their new uniforms suck ass. Do you really? I love that. I love the old one. I thought it was so yeah, classic. I love the new one. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, I. The, oh, I the new ones. The are ones awesome. from like when they had uh, Pat Eliage, Lang, and Brunner, Scott Stevens. I think those are iconic. Oh, really? Yeah, I love Damn. those. I not, think the new ones are. I, honestly, awesome. I'm not a huge fan of the red and green. Oh, I can't. Damn, we have yeah. a complete opposite opinion. Like, it looks great around, like, Christmas time, but that's about it. They're the white ones, right? They, they have the white. Yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah. I like their jerseys. I thought that was a great upgrade, but okay. I, I think it's just the shoulders, like that black block across the shoulders. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels, like, very top-heavy to me. But anyways, I digress. Moving on to the New York Islanders. So this is obviously a team that surprised a lot of people last year. Uh, no John Tavares, no problem. They finished fourth okay. in this division last year. They're seven to one odds to win it this year. They finished the season with forty-eight wins, twenty-seven losses, seven overtime losses, and hundred and three points. They did pretty well in the first round. They swept the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, and that I think you can obviously say is the Barry Trotz effect. Fucking hate Barry Trotz. I fucking hate this team. I hate Long Island. I hate everything about this. Your new arena stinks. <laughs> um, congrats on the new arena, but you guys stink. Um, this is a weird team. I don't really get them. Uh, Trot. It's hard to doubt Trotz with how proven he's been in the past, but I want to doubt him. So I can't like get in my head that I'm not allowed to be biased after I basically had Jordan Eberle, you know, ruin my nights night in and night out for a <laughs> one and a half week span. I wish I could say two weeks, but we got fucking swept. How happy do you think he is to be like actually winning now? 
Uh, oh, he's so happy. After yeah. being in Edmonton for the you know, demon years, this is good for him. Uh, the Islanders. All right, enough of the pitter-patter, as Nick likes to say. I think they are going to miss the playoffs. I think last year was a little bit of a fluke. Again, really hard to doubt a Trots team. But on, you, the, the thing is, you can't judge this team on paper because they will not wow you. But the way they play as a unit is just so like cohesive and so defensive that it pisses me the fuck off. Like The neutral zone trap they played on us during the first round, I nearly broke like every mirror in my house as a result. Brock Nelson on the second line is one of the most underrated second line centers in the league. He is great. Brock sure. Nelson's a stud. He I'm going to go stud. out and say he's a stud. They're, everyone knows about their first line with Barzell, Lee, and Everly. Barzell's yeah. an absolute wizard. I've never seen someone with as good of edge work as he has. He's probably got the best agility in the, in the NHL. For sure. They brought in Derek Broussard as their third-line center. So, I mean, he's turned into a little bit of a suitcase over the last couple seasons, oh, yeah. but I think that's a great pickup for them. I want to say he's a good pickup for them, but I, I mean— I think he fits right into the trot system, like— He's a system player, yeah. yeah. I'd say he, you know, everyone, maybe in New York he wasn't, but when he was with Pittsburgh and Colorado, he did not impress anybody. I no. think he'll thrive under Trotz, though, unfortunately. I agree. Obviously, like, as we mentioned before, the Trotz effect, he won the Jack Adams. He fixed a defense that allowed the most goals in 293 two years ago to the fewest last season in 191. First time in NHL history that's ever happened. Exactly. So he basically fewest. took a defense that was bleeding and said, I'm going to cut your goals allowed by 100 in a season, and did it. Uh, best fourth line in hockey, Matt Martin, Casey Zizekas, and Cal Clutterbuck. That is a huge playoff line for when you're trying to get the crowd into it. They are tough sons of bitches. Seriously. They will hit the shit out of your defenseman. They yeah. will concuss Chris Letang till the day he <laughs> retires. It does not matter. Uh, it's a good team. It's a scrappy team is the best adjective to use. Their back end consists of Nick Letty, Ryan Polak on their first pairing. I like that. Good skaters. Devin Taves, Johnny Boychuk. Boychuk uh, has slowed down over the past couple of years, but uh, you know he's still got that giant one-timer. He's still a physical presence. However, I think as the game gets faster, he is going to probably lose a couple of steps. It's not even that he's going to lose a couple of steps. People are going to gain a couple of steps. Uh, and their goaltending, they lost Robin Lehner, and now Semyon Varlonov and Thomas Grice are their two goaltenders. They have Varlonov listed as the starter. i got to be honest, I think Grice is going to steal that starting job. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, Varley's back under Mitch Korn, as I've mentioned a thousand times that before. That is true. He's another branch off that Mitch Korn goalie tree. I mean, he's a, he's a factory for these guys. So it'll be interesting to see. He showed flashes of greatness in D.C., and then fell silent for a while, so it'll be interesting to see who they go to to replace Robin Lanner, who was pretty much lights out I for would, them last year. I would put money on Thomas Grice becoming the starter. Yeah. By And Grice looked good in the games he did start last year. By 2020, I think Grice is going to start. I think he's found his spot, right? He's not ever been looked at as a number one goalie. I think he will finally turn into that. Not saying he'll be an all-star, but I think he will take over that spot I agree I also think there's something to be said for goalies sharing the load over the course of the season you know there was the year the Caps won the cup Holby played something ridiculous like 62 games in the regular season and I don't know if that number is accurate but that's just freaking exhausting oh yeah especially for a position that's as mentally demanding as goaltending is I think you're starting to see teams really utilize that you know it's not a bona fide one and two 
it's sort of like a 1A, 1B, and we're going to share the load a little bit. And I think that helps. You're right. More teams are doing that. So the X factor for me, actually two X factors. One of them will make you a little money maybe. Uh, Fantasy hockey players or FanDuel, Brock Nelson, like I said. Pick him up. He would be a great pickup at a cheap price. I think he's a good bang for your buck. Blocks a lot of shots for a top six forward. He is going to get you a decent amount of penalty minutes, and he can score. And he plays on a good line with Josh Bailey and Anthony. Oh, shit. Beauvillier? Yeah, that. I'm uh, not going to try. <laughs> um, <laughs> so their they, other X factor is their penalty kill. Yeah. I think their penalty kill is going to be good. If it's not good, I Trot think. system, baby. Yeah, I think yeah. they're going to suffer as a result. I think that penalty kill is going to finish top 10. And if they do, they have a much better chance of cracking the playoffs. For sure. They're going to rely on production from one of, if not, I would say two young kids to make the team out of camp. Michael Dalcole has been up and down between uh, Bridgeport and Long Island for the past two seasons. He's 23. Josh Hosang, same thing. He's 23 years old. They have Kiefer Bellows, who's 21. Uh, he was a stud for the American World Junior team a couple years ago. And then Oliver Wallstrom, who's 19 years old. Yeah, he's like high up on the prospect list. Yeah, he? if that name sounds familiar, it's because you saw that video of him when he was nine doing that like lacrosse-style goal at TD Garden. That's insane. It's That's been him. 10 years? It's been 10 years Holy since shit, that I'm video came out. Oh, my God. Um, I remember like not doing like my uh, – like the computer class I took in high school, I remember like not doing my assignment and just watching that video over and over and over again. <laughs> Hockey nerd from it the word go. Explains a lot. Uh, <laughs> so once again, this team's biggest concern isn't really about the team itself. It's where they're playing. And they're splitting games, again, between Nassau Coliseum and Barclays Center. So they're going to do 21 home games at Nassau and 20 games at Barclays while the new arena in Belmont Park, Belmont Park is being built. Yeah, congrats, Long Island. I know I ripped on you guys a little bit earlier, but there's very good people from Long Island. So, yeah. The pictures know. I've seen of the new rink, I mean, it looks great. You know, obviously, Nassau, for whatever reason, just can't handle it anymore, but... Uh, Probably because the fans have fucking destroyed the place. They were absolute mutants they the first are. round. Some of the best tailgating videos I've ever seen. Uh, Islanders fans, yeah. Yeah, they're good. For a hockey game, I mean, they go, they're like Bill's Mafia for hockey. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, you win four cups in the 80s, it's bound to do that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, My prospect to watch for these guys is Noah Dobson, the defenseman, 12th overall in 2018. Uh, he won back-to-back Memorial Cups. I don't know if anyone knows how hard that is to do. Paul Bissonnette does. That's insane. <laughs> winning back-to-back Memorial Cups is... It's got to be up there with winning the Stanley Cup back-to-back. The, the amount of things that have to go right for that to happen are ridiculous. And he did it with two different teams. To be honest, and with two different teams, wow. But to get back to Nick's point, I, people might think, like, oh, it's harder to win a Stanley Cup. Do you realize that, like, guys in the AHL are getting called up and called down all the fucking time? And they're on the bus, too. Yeah, I mean, just the amount of player movement going around. It's If you can win two championships in a row while you have that much movement going around, while you're losing chemistry, gaining chemistry, coach has to make new lineups on the fly the night before, that's fucking hard, man. It's not like the NHL where you have... You know, you can roll that fourth line every fucking game of Martin, Sezikis, and Clutterbuck. You're right. constantly juggling it. Exactly. So he's a stud. Uh, I'm going to go lawyer mode again. So due to his age, Noah Dobson can't play in the AHL this year. It's either got to be the Islanders or he goes back to junior in the queue. So it'll be interesting to see if they say to the young defenseman, hey, let's roll with it. Let's try nine games, you know, 
before the cutoff, and then we'll send you back to uh, the queue. Sounds good. But uh, bottom line, anytime Barry Trotz is coaching a team, they have a chance at making the offs. So I think true. I think these guys could be a wild card team. If not, if they catch fire, they could be a legitimate. You know, they could be like last year. Yeah, exactly. So it might not be a fluke. Get swept in the second round we'll by the see. Hurricanes. Um, so moving on to one of my least favorite fan bases in the National Hockey League. Probably my least favorite at this yeah. very moment in time. And but if yes. you're listening to this and you're that kid who also roots for the Cowboys and the Yankees, you know who you are, and we don't need to say your name. Uh, it is the New York Rangers. They finished seventh in this division overall last year. Not a great season for them. They're 8-1 to to win it this year. They finished the season with 32 wins, 36 losses, 14 overtime losses, and 78 points. They brought in some serious talent. Uh, their big additions for the offseason are Artemi Panarin, Jacob Truba, Adam Fox, who's a stud, and their second overall pick in this draft, Capo Caco. Minor additions, not that major. Minor additions. And I really don't think their departures hurt them all that much. Obviously, in the middle of last season, they lost Zuccarello, and that was sort of like a sentimental loss. He definitely helped them in, term, in terms of like point production, but... I feel like they're going to be fine down the road. Uh, yeah, they'll be all right. He's not exactly a lineup changer, in my opinion. No. I think he's just a beloved player, which I can relate to. For sure. They also lost Kevin Shattenkirk and Neil Pionk. I think he went to the Jets in the Truba trade. He did. So, the New York Rangers, the most hyped-up team, the Cleveland Browns of hockey. Well said. This is going to be a big year for them. Let's see what they're made of, right? I mean... In the past, rebuilds have taken three to four years. In this new day NHL, when you've got kids at 19 who play like they're 29, it's not like that anymore. Uh, I would say they are going to be a very competitive team this year. Are they a playoff team? Not yet. Not yet. Not they're, yet. I don't think so. They're close, but I think they're... Like, whereas, like, New Jersey is a playoff team now, I think the Rangers need one more year. So here's what I'll say. We're saying New Jersey is a playoff team now and the Rangers are one more year. It could very well be switched. 100%. These teams are neck and neck. I think they're going to be compared a lot this year just because of the Kako and Hughes. I'd love to see them go at each other in the playoffs. I mean, those playoffs, like, series that they had, early 2000s, late 90s, those were unbelievable. So I'd love to watch this. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So, first line are Temi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, Pavel Buchnevich. He needs to have a big year. He does. Solid first line. He should, Buchnevich should, should get at least 50 points, hopefully 60 points, playing on that first line. I don't know if he'll be on the first power play, but I digress. Being on the first line, he's got to put up some numbers. Phil, help me out, Nick. Philippe Chidal. Yeah, I, I have no idea how that's supposed to be pronounced, I, but we're going to go with Chidal for now. I hear Sam Rosen's voice in my head saying it, but I can't actually pronounce it, so yeah. sorry to the Rangers fans. If you ever want to know how to do a great Sam Rosen impression, just pinch your nose and yell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so you got Kako, Kreider, and Chidal. That's a great second line. That's only projected, projected I think, the, the fucking Russians. Vitaly, Vitaly Kratsov. Kratsov. Yeah. Yes, he could be on the second line. He is a dark horse for the Calder, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, 19 years old. He didn't play full season, I don't think. No. So he could be a dark horse. He, all right, empty betters. Put a little bit of money on a Vitaly Kratsov Calder pick. You heard it here first. Not a bad idea. I would be curious to see what those odds are. But if you actually have that on your site, go for it. For sure. 
my big question for them is Hank. So obviously yes. we know he's a handsome bastard and he's got an absolute wrench between his legs. <laughs> but he did struggle in the second half of last year and he was 2-11-3 in the final 16 games he started. Yeah. And my question is, can he basically have a bounce back year and continue to be their number one? My other question for them, and I know you have the lines pulled up, is who they're going to choose to be their second line center. It could be one of four people, in my opinion. It could be Leas Anderson. It could be Ryan Strom, Philip Cheidel, or Brett Howden. Yeah, they have Cheidel in here, but I think Strom might dig it. I agree. I, I think, think Strom's going to get it. Ryan Strom, is, he sort of gets overlooked. I know in comparisons to his brother, he gets overlooked. But I think he's one of those players where – He's a good 200-foot player. He might not have the offensive potency that Dylan Strom has, but he definitely has more of a 200-foot game, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Uh, Vladislav Nemestikov came over from Tampa last year. I think he needs to have a big year. He'll probably be slotted between the second and third line. If he can get – he could easily score 20 goals. I mean, I, I think he, he should be scoring 20 goals. He, sh- he probably should be with his talent. And if he's playing with Kako or Kratsov, yeah, he, he definitely yeah, should look be. Yeah, look out. On their back end, Adam Fox and Jacob Truba, I don't know if they'll be paired together. That's what they have projected. Adam Fox is showing all the signs of becoming an absolute stud, and him and Truba could be a bona fide one to be paired. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's really good. I Fox, again, prospect, not proven, but if he can do – what we predict that he can do. And what we've seen, you know, the couple glimpses of him. Rangers will be just fine. Uh, Brady Shea, he... Is that how you say it? Yep. Okay. Good job. Fuck yeah, because it looks like (laughs) Skajia. But I digress. Um, Him and Mark Stahl on the second pair. Mark Stahl's been around since fucking forever, it feels like. I can't believe he's still on the team. Uh, Shea's a solid second pair D-man. And then on the third, they got their boy Anthony D'Angelo. Um, hey, how you doing, hey, huh? He wants some chicken palm. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be the good old Italian boy on the third pairing with Libor Hajik. Bless you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that back end. It's not bad. It's I'm not, not bad. Say it's great. Obviously, Truba and Fox helped that a lot. Yeah. I don't think losing Shattenkirk is going to be a huge loss for them. No. He just adds to that Tampa Bay Rangers lineup. Yes, exactly. Um, I think the Rangers will be fine. I think they'll be really competitive, like I said. I think here's really the kicker that me and Nick agreed on. I think them and the Devils will finish right next to each other in the standings. The question is who will take that wild card spot? That's what we both think is going to. I'd love to see them like have like a playoff spot deciding game in like the last three games of the season against each other that would be awesome that'd be amazing we both personally think that the devils will finish above the rangers but it would not surprise either of us in the least if the rangers finish above them interesting to see alexander gorgiev as the backup i think he's going to get a little more time than people are probably anticipating yeah i think that goes back to what i said about hank just having a little bit of a shaky finish to last season, I would expect Gorgiev to get a lot more Is start. he Russian? I would put a lot of money on him being Russian. I'm going to assume he's Russian. Can't yeah. trust him in the playoff. But that's <laughs> that's besides the point. Yeah. Uh, he could be a good regular season goalie. Or, you know, when does Hank become the backup? I, I'm really starting to wonder. I don't know. I, I mean, I, if they do, if I've learned anything from New York sports – how long did it take Eli Manning to become the backup? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. 
I'm not going to do that to Hank. I'm not going to compare him to that dull no, dwarf. But. That mouth-breathing idiot. But um, <laughs> yeah. No, it'll be good to see Hank hopefully have a bounce back here. Obviously, I hope he, he does. He seems like a good guy. Yeah, he's a great personality for the league and obviously one of the sharper dressers, and the dude can play guitar, so, you know, panty soup. But <laughs> And uh, do you have any of your little little kid prospects that you like to talk about and go on and on about? Um, obviously, their big one is Capo Caco. The other one I was going to talk about is Kratzov, but I think you pretty much covered it. Word, so I took your spot on that one. No, you're good. Okay, yeah. I like talking about little kids. Um, <laughs> and we move on. Am I right on this? We are moving on. To? To the Legion of Doom. Let's go, baby. Formerly known as the Legion of Doom. Fuck off. The Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, damn, I thought it was the Penguins. That's why I was getting all... Uh, it's but. okay. You know, we all get a little excited. Jump the gun happens to the best of us. Yeah, well... Uh, so, obviously, uh, the Flyers finished sixth in this division overall last year. They're 9-1 to to win it this year. And I think the best stat for the Flyers last year was the fact that they set an NHL record with most starting goalies used in one season. That's insane. It's not the Vegas Knights when Flurry went down and then Subban went no, down. No, they used like seven different guys oh, no, last they year. they did use yeah. seven different guys. But, Flyers fans, you are saved. Listen to me. You are saved. This kid, Carter Hart, is the real deal. He is the real deal. He's here. He's here to stay. I do not like this at all as a Nope. Diehard Penguins fan, this fucking sucks. You have found your guy. This is this is your Ron Hextall without the anger management issues. For sure. This is your guy. So take good care of him. Do not boo him. Do not throw anything at him. This is your dude. Well, you can say that, but let's be real. They're just going to do that anyways. <laughs> Absolute is, mutants. This is your dude. You cannot go back on him. The Flyers are set. I'm big on this kid. I think he is going to be great. I think he will be a top five goalie in the NHL two years from now. Two years from now. Wow. I think that highly of him. I think he's sick. It'd be sick if he won the Hart Trophy just because of his name. Carter but, Hart for yeah. the Hart Trophy. Carter, yeah. Hart, Carter Hart for Hart. Uh, they obviously missed the postseason for the second time in three years. They brought in Kevin Hayes, which was a great signing, but I think they overpaid for him. They got Matt Niskanen from your Washington Capitals, and they brought in Justin Braun from the San Jose Sharks as well. I think the Niskanen trade, it was Niskanen for Gudis, and I think there was a pick in there as well. The Niskanen trade really benefits Philly. Uh, while Gudis is a little bit younger, I think Niskanen gives Philly a little bit more experience and a little bit more puck-moving ability. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Niskan is solid. He's a good skater. He can take the puck up the ice. He's got a good shot from the point on the power play. Uh, I would imagine if Costaspare ends up slacking, I think Niskan will get first play power. Jesus Christ, Harrison. First <laughs> power play unit time on the point, but Costaspare is probably going to take that at the start. Their top six is what stands out to me. I am, and I will don't throw this around lightly, I'm in love with this top six. Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, Travis Konecki in the first line. Love it. Next to McKinnon, is Sean Couturier the most underpaid player in the league? Uh, arguably, yeah. yeah. I would say he's definitely underrated. I mean, people even stay, say that still, but it's not like um, fucking Alexander Barkov where people say it no. and they start jumping on the bandwagon. No one really jumps on Cooch's bandwagon, I think, because the Flyers have been kind of iffy the past couple of years. If they're good this year, I would expect his name to get brought up a lot. 
This is like one of those teams where it's like if they catch fire, they're going to go on like a 15-game winning streak. Oh, yeah. Second line, James Van Riensdyk, Kevin Hayes, and Jakub Voracek. I'm not totally That's a sold. big line. That is a big line. Yeah. Voracek is very capable of carrying that line, and Hayes Fucking can shut down. pisses me off. Yeah. I can't stand him. <laughs> I can't either. He reminds me of Scott Hartnell. He looks like a homeless person, too. <laughs> he looks like Gritty. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's all red and shit. Um, uh, I don't mean that seriously. Uh, Actually, I do mean that awesome. seriously. Um, Kevin Hayes on the second line. He's a good second line center. He'll be able to shut down other people's top wingers. And that means with Hayes coming in, Giroux can move permanently to wing. Yeah. And between Katori and Hayes, you could argue that's the best two-way forward one-two center punch in the NHL. I can't really think of too many other teams that have... In terms of a 200-foot game, yes. In terms of two... Yeah, not... Trust me. With my favorite team, I will never say that (laughs) someone has... (laughs) I will never say that someone has a better one-two punch than us. But as far as 200-foot games go, yeah, you could argue that. Uh, Nolan Patrick, what do you think? So he was superly, you know... If that's that's not a word. That's, yeah, add it to the dictionary. (laughs) He was so praised when he was coming out of Brandon, uh, you know, from his junior career. I think he's sort of fitting into the system to try and find his role. Like, is he going to be that grit guy? Is he going to be that skill guy? Yep. We have yet to see. Couldn't I think this more. is his defining season. This is the do – I, do I want to say final straw? I don't I know if it's a final it. straw because – you, you might be right. I think this is the season where it's like, show me what you got. Be one or the other or both, or I might test the waters and see what I can get for you. Yeah. I think this has got to be his year. To be quite honest, if he can have a breakout year, this is what will take the Flyers over the edge. Like, he's shown flashes of being yeah, like easily one of their top six players for sure, but... He's got to have a big year this yeah. year. And obviously, you know, we're critical of these young guys, but... It does take – we're so used to some of these guys being NHL-ready at age 18. It does take some of them longer to adjust. So He's only like 20. Exactly. Or 21. Right. Jesus Christ, I feel old. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, in my opinion, if he has a 20 to 30 goal season, it will take the Flyers to where I think they can get, sadly enough, because I fucking hate them. But they're Donors. a good team on paper. They're back in. Provorov, who they just signed to a brand-new deal for a decent price – Stud, Matt Niskanen, solid player. Travis Sanheim, eh, I'm not Getting there, but not there yet. He's getting, yeah, he's getting there slower than usual. Shane Gossespierre, not going to say stud. He's great offensively. I am very skeptical of him defensively. Justin Braun to finish out on the bottom six with Robert Hag. Yeah. So, Braun, solid. I mean. That was a good pickup for them. I think that's like a. Yeah. Just a stay-at-home D-man, you know, yeah. can move the puck when it needs to be, but totally agree. Can be, you know, on that third pair and just I like shut the it third down. Third pairing, it's a good yeah. depth pairing. Um, Their power play needs to get better. So yes, they were tied for twenty-second in terms of power play production last year. That's crazy. Claude Giroux needs to be better on the power play, and there's no way around it. He's their best player. Yeah. He needs to be better. He had two power play goals in 82 games last year. He's got a sick shot, but I feel like he never shoots. Yeah. So he's going to get – look, he's going to be on the left half wall as a righty. He's going to get those one-timer tee-ups from Gosses, Sparrow, and Niskanen at the point. They lost Wayne Simmons. That'll yeah. affect the power play production a little bit. A little bit. I mean, but, granted, what Nick just said, they already weren't doing well. 
But, you know, I think you can park JVR up front, and he's a big Absolutely. enough body where he can get the dirty work done. I think done. that's what they did with his first stint in Philly. Yeah, I think he'll get the dirty work done. Yeah. You know, um, I said I said that Nolan Patrick needs to have a big year and that he's the X Factor, which he is as far as the under-the-radar X Factors, but it's going to have to be Giroux and Couturier that really carry. I agree. Carry him. I know that's stating the obvious, but Giroux needs to have – a ninety a ninety point season. I'm going that high. I think. Yeah. If this team wants to be a legitimate playoff contender, I agree. We're talking in the eighty five to ninety point range. And I think he will. But like I said from the very beginning, they've got a really good goalie on their hands. Yeah. And I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. And as a result of the goalie, and it pains me to do this, I think the Flyers are gonna finish second in the division. Wow. I think really highly of him. I just think he's going to have a breakout year where he puts them on the map. I think Voracek's going to pick it up. Like I said, I think JVR is going to do well in the power play. Konechny is going to fuel that first line with a great forecheck and stealing pucks, just dishing it to Giroux and Couturier. Not sure what Nolan Patrick is going to do, but I think they could finish second in the division. Yeah, I agree. They need to improve their 5-on-5 goals against. They allowed the second most goals on five on five behind Ottawa last year. Obviously, that's due largely, in fact, to the part that they went through seven different goaltenders last year. But that's something that you have to get better at. Uh, you know, as you said, Hart's a stud. I think this team's a playoff team. I think Hart's the kind of goalie where you get him to the playoffs and he's going to steal some games for you, like we saw Bennington do last year. 100%. And I, like I said, this division's tight. <laughs> I know I'm going to keep saying this. The Rangers or the Devils could go way above them. I really don't know. But I think with their goaltending and with their veteran leadership on the top six, I think this is the year they finally break it out. I agree. I think they get back to the playoffs this year. As long as this defensive core meshes well together, I think they'll be fine. My prospect to watch for them is Joel Farabee, 14th overall in 2018. He spent his last season at BU. He's got great anticipation skills. Just the way he reads this game is he's always like one or two steps ahead of everyone else who's out on the ice against him. And there's a chance he makes this team out of camp. So I don't know if he's going to go back to BU or if he would spend time in the A, but I would look for him in Flyers preseason games. And bring back the old school black unis, please. Definitely. And I think these guys are going to start their season in Prague as part of that global series. I'd be spitting shit out of my ass if I told you I knew what was going on with the international series. That's so cool. You, I'm sure they're just going to be ripping it up in Prague the whole time, though. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that's a really fun city to go yeah. out in. Um, but yeah, I definitely think this team makes the playoffs. And Cut I guess, the pitter-patter, get me to the next team. I, I can't delay this anymore, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but we have to move on to the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'll let you start this, actually. A okay. lot of people probably think I'm starting. I want to hear yeah. your opinion. All right. So they finished third in this division last year. They're 9-2 to odds along with Carolina to win it this year. They finished last season with 44 wins, 26 losses, 12 overtime losses, and they just made the 100-point plateau. Uh, obviously, they got swept by the Islanders in the first round last season, which was very as, as pleasing as it was to watch. It was very uncharacteristic of a Penguins team. Uh, they're going to try and make another push at the Stanley Cup and win it for the third time in five seasons. And if those boners do it, I'm going to kill myself. Uh, they brought in Alex Galchenyuk, Dominic Cahoon, and Brandon Tanev. And obviously they got rid of, I know you're happy about this, the pylon Olimata and oh Phil the Thrill Hot Dog Machine Kessel. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear what you got to say. I'm ready. Come on. Bring so it. I, hot take, 
I don't think they're going to miss Phil Kessel at all. Okay, keep it coming. I'll, I'll react at to all. all this. Don't you worry. I think with the addition of Galchenyuk and Cahoon, that's going to make up for all the offense that Phil Kessel essentially provided. The games that I watched the Penguins play last year, Kessel was very one-dimensional, and you can tell me what you think about this. It was basically what I saw out of Alex Simmon towards the tail end of his stint in Washington. It was grab the puck, skate with it, shoot, miss the net high by about 100 feet. That is actually a comparison I have never heard, and wow, is that accurate. Two guys that also shoot off their front foot, by the way. Yes. Holy shit, is that accurate. Good job, Nick. That's actually a great comparison. Uh, Let me hear it. Where do you think they finish? It's the Penguins. No one has been tormented by this team more than I have. (laughs) Time in and time out, you know, even when you don't think they're going to be good, they make the playoffs. There's a legitimate chance this team finishes second in this division. I think there's a legitimate chance this team wins this division, and it pains me to say that. They could honestly finish anywhere between first and fourth, in my opinion. All right, I'm going to take this over. Go ahead. I'm going on a soliloquy here. The Penguins are a playoff team. If you think otherwise, you're a fucking moron. If you think that our window is closing, tick-tock, tick-tock, you are a fucking moron. If you think that a team with Sidney Crosby is not going to make the playoffs, you are clinically dumb. You need a brain check. This team is a playoff team. They are going to finish third in this division. They very well could finish second. I have the Flyers. I think the Flyers have a breakout year because I'm not totally sold on Matt Murray yet, as weird as that might sound. But the Penguins are a playoff team. We are not going to miss Phil Kessel. All right? Book it. Alex Galchenyuk has a sick shot. He's got great wheels. He is an offensive powerhouse. I think he's going to have a 30-goal year with Geno, and I think he's going to get the first-line power play time by the end of the season. Dominic Cahoon is going to be a force to be reckoned with on the first line with Sid and Jake. I think he's going to be a great two-way forward. He's going to be in on the four-check, and he's going to cause a lot of havoc. He did decent in Chicago last season. I'm looking to, or I'm looking forward to a big season from him. The best off-season addition, in my opinion, for this team was Brandon Tanev. He is a son of a bitch to play against. Capitals fans, scrappy rem- bastard. Capitals fans rem- and fucking Philly fans, Rangers fans, whoever I hate. Remember this name, you will not like him. He is mean, he is fast, he is good. He will be on the third Playoff or fourth line. Playoff player, for yes, sure. Exactly. He will be on the third or fourth line. Evgeny Malkin said he is as fast, if not faster, than Carl Haglin. He called Brandon Tennant one of the fastest players in the league. Look the fuck out. We're coming. All right? I don't know if this is a Stanley Cup team, but everybody keeps shitting on us, and I'm tired of it. We're coming for that ass this season, and I'm not taking any no's for an answer. Jared McCann is a stud. I don't care what anyone says. Yes, I'm saying stud. I saw enough last season to say that he's going to be a really good player this year, whether he's with Sid and Jake or whether he swaps with Cahoon and goes on the third line. The power play is going to be good per usual. I am very skeptical on the back end, however. I will admit the Penguins have a fucking pylon as their defenseman on their bottom pair with Cabranson and Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson, I hope you get traded. I hope you retire. I hope you quit hockey soon. Well, he's Crosby's friend, so he's not going anywhere. Fucking horrible. Cabranson yeah. is our only hope to beat up Tom Wilson, even though that won't happen. Marcus Patterson just got signed to a one-year deal, which was a great deal in my opinion. He's got a... He reminds me of an Anton Strawman with his stick and his That's reach. a good comparison. I like that. He's a good shot blocker. He's 
a very underrated player that probably nobody You don't hear about him, but he does all the stuff off the point sheet that helps. Nobody's heard of him. Latang, please fucking stay healthy. I pray to God. I mean... Boner. Yeah, he, I'm, I'm, I, I'm on and off with him. I don't know. Brian Dumoulin, the most... Not the most. He's one of the top five underrated defensemen in the league, in my opinion. He is just a steady Eddie on the back end. He's been so good for us. Justin Schultz, the guy who should be quarterbacking the first-line power play, but Mike Sullivan has his dick up at Latang's ass, so that's not happening. Yeah, third-place team, Matt Murray. This team is going to come down to Matt Murray. How far can he take us, right? We'll make the playoffs. What is Matt Murray going to do? Because what I saw against the Islanders in the first round scared the absolute shit It wasn't good enough. I mean, he had a strong save percentage at even strength last year with a .930 which led the NHL, but he really struggled a man down. No, he struggled horribly. His glove side, Nick, if I took a piece of fucking Swiss cheese out of a craft bag (laughs) and put it on my left hand, that's just as useful as Matt Murray's glove hand. He's got to work on that shit. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you're fucking bouncing a ball off a wall 50 times a day or start jerking off with your left hand. Do something to help that glove hand. Holy shit. Pisses me off. Anyways, X Factor for this team, Nick Bukestad. He will be the third-line center this year. He is very capable of being an offensive threat. Great size. Yes. About six foot five. was good for the Panthers. He actually led the team in scoring a couple of seasons when they were down in the dumps. He needs to have a big year. He needs to have a 40-plus point season, and he needs to be able to shut down the other uh, team's top lines. He reminds me a little bit of Jordan Stahl when we had him with mm. the length. Good and size, good reach. Two-way yeah. two forward kind of build. Yeah. If he's with McCann, Not the fastest guy, but still has, like, some serious hands. Exactly. Yeah. And he's got – he's probably going to have Hornquist and McCann on his line. Maybe it's another can, line with good size. Yeah, you could replace Hornquist with Rust. I think it's a third-place team. I think they make the playoffs. How deep do they go? It will depend on Matt Murray. I think, realistically, I can't see them getting past the second round with what I saw last season. But, fuck – Please, Matt Murray, I'm begging you. Like, just break out the season and let's get it. Wow. That was intense. That was a soliloquy. I apologize. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, my question I have written down for these guys is, can Evgeny Malkin rebound? Obviously, he was pissed off with the season he had last year. What do you think? He's coming. He's coming. I'm telling you, he's coming. He's going to put up. Surprise, surprise. 33 <laughs> years old. He's got the smoking hot Russian wife. He can't speak a lick of English. He doesn't know any of his teammates' names. How much was her postage to get her over here? <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, I think Malkin will have a bounce back here. Yeah. I, I would look for Malkin to have an 80-plus point season. As much as I hate to say it, I'll agree. He's one of those players that's dangerous and just that's the reason why I can't sleep at night for, you know, basically my entire middle middle and high school career so yeah my prospect to watch for these guys is pierre olivier joseph the defenseman taken 23rd overall in 2017 he was another piece of the phil kessel trade he's expected to be in the a all season probably going to crack the the top lineup next year my bottom line for these guys it's yes they made some changes but it's the same old penguins and they could very well go to the second or third round in the playoffs. Or the cup final. 
or the cup final. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I just wanted to see what And then I have one final thought that I'm going to have you read out loud that I wrote on my sheet. Uh, so if you look at Nick's notebook that he has for his division preview, he has the term fucking nerds on fucking the Fucking nerds. on the Penguins <laughs> spot. So that's interesting. I will chime in real quick. I know you guys are sick of hearing me talk about the Penguins, but uh, Pierre Oliver Joseph, like Nick just mentioned in the Kessel trade, he will get in the full-time lineup by the end of the season, I believe. He is a great skater, good offensive defenseman. Jack Johnson will hopefully be I was going to say he's going to replace Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson needs to go. Yeah. So, anyways, let's go, Pens. Third place, Matt Murray needs to be our savior. Malkin's back. All righty. Well, it's time to move on to the main event. The reason that you all have tuned into this podcast. False statement. The greatest hockey team that I love to hate and has been the biggest part of my life pretty much since I was born. And hate to love. It is your Washington Capitals. They won this division last year. What else can you say? So do you want me to take the wheel here like I gave you for the Penguins or what? You want me to just spit, spit off my thoughts? 7-2 to to win it this year. 48 wins, 26 losses, 8 overtime losses, 104 points. Decent regular season last year. Obviously the playoffs... They ran into a fluke team in Carolina, a bad bounce in double overtime in Game 7, which it shouldn't even have gotten to fucking Game 7, but I'm not going to rant. Uh, I drank so much during that game because I was so stressed out. I was so hungover the next day. It was absurd. In terms of additions, their big problem last year was their bottom six. They got Radko Gudis in the Niskanen trade from Philly, and then they also brought in Garnet Hathaway, Richard Ponick, and Brendan Leipzig. They lost Andre Burakovsky, Brett Connolly, and DSP. And I think the big loss there is not Berkey, it's Connolly. Yeah, big time agree with that. He was their one bright spot, really, out of their bottom six, with the exception of Lars Eller. So it'll be interesting to see if Hathaway, Ponick, and Leipzig, you know, where they sort of slot into this. I would assume they would have Ponick playing on the third line. That's what they have it listed as. Yeah, so hopefully that can fix some bottom six issues, but it's hard to bounce back from that year when they had Beagle, Stevenson, and Devontae smith Pelly as their fourth line. Yes. Can I go on a rant? Go ahead. Okay, thanks. I hate Tom Wilson so much. Get that smirk off your face, Manila. I Handsome fucking hate, I hate him. God, do I fucking hate him. That I can't wait. It might never happen, but the day someone can finally beat that bitch up, I can't wait. Impossible. God. Never going to happen. Gonna happen. Never going to happen. He bullies my team in the playoffs. I scream at my TV. I throw my remote. I throw hissy fits all the time. I can't stand him. Jacob Verona is sneakily, I mean, I don't know where I would rank him in terms of left wingers, but... He is. He had a breakout year last year. He is fast as shit, man. That kid can fucking motor. He was second on the caps in even strength goals. I believe it. His ice time was 17th on the team. He's got a nasty release. It's just a quick over the glove. Thank you, Matt Murray. Snapshot. It's it's awesome. Took Flurry's ear off in game five of the cup final. Yeah. You guys got to gem in him. You got to keep him around. Uh, Ovechkin, whatever. Okay. Kuznetsov, you snort a lot of cocaine. TJ Oshie, you used to be one of my favorite players, but now I hate you. Yes, that's a filthy top six that I just listed. Carl Haglin, my favorite player that used to be, but now I have to hate, and that makes me really sad. Lars Eller. Great pickup. Such a good pickup. Lars Eller is a good pickup, too. 
Their top six is nasty, man. I mean, it's a really, really, really good top six. Yeah, you put Eller on any other team, you're talking second-line center minimum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy. Um, In terms of center depth, I know you're going to disagree with me on this, but Backstrom and Kuznetsov, easily the best, if not one of the best, one-two punches down the middle. So, I mean... You have the greatest passer in the game in Nick Backstrom. And then you have eight ball behind him or in front of him. You know, Kuznetsov just – the guy glides faster than I can skate full speed. He glides his nose across the right. pretty quick too. <laughs> and just has an unbelievable release. Now, if he actually shows up to play this year, that would be nice. But Look, I'm not disputing that they are an incredible one-two pair. And I'm not even going to go as far to say that they're not, at this point in time, not historically, but at this point in time, equal to what we have in Sid and Gino. 100%. I'm not going to say they're better. But yeah, you guys you got could. you guys got you, I won't. <laughs> you got a good one-two punch there. I'm not gonna lie. However, the back end, I think it's a good back end, except for like you said, the bottom pairing. I think John Carlson is right there. Top five, top three. Yeah, hundred percent. That he's, shot. He's better than Drew Doughty now. Hundred percent. He's better. I think than he's Drew better Doughty. than Drew Doughty. His shot over the last three years. I mean, he won the hardest shot contest. Not that that means anything. Right. But him on the power play, I mean, you take Ovi and then Carlson shot, and then Oshie's one-timer. Right. Just So I, I don't watch as many Caps games as you, obviously. But yeah. from what I have seen, and I'll turn them on if, you know, the Penguins aren't playing that night, John Carlson is the horse that leads this team. I mean, this guy is just a fucking mutant. He's a workhorse. He's on the ice half the game, runs the power play. Pay, I think he plays on the PK, too. 100%. And he's okay. just a beast. I mean— he is right there with Victor Hedman, Eric Carlson, Absolutely. Brent Burns. I, other than those three, I don't know if you're really naming anyone that's going to sell me. No, but because them. the NHL Network hates the Caps for whatever reason, they won't ever say that. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, Mike Kempney, solid. Dmitry Orlov, very physical. I like yeah. the way he skates, too. Nick Jensen was a good pickup. Great pickup. And you they locked of, him up for four years the day yeah. after they traded for him. Yeah, and then you got rid of Niskin, and I think that kind of almost replaces that in a way. Yeah, obviously bringing in Gudis, you know, I— up until the day that they got Radko Gudis, I hated that guy. Uh, so now I have my two least favorite players in the league on yeah. one team. So, so uh, between Radko Gudis, Tom Wilson, and Garnet Hathaway, basically hate you guys. just give up. <laughs> I don't know how many times those three are going to get suspended, but is, I don't is care. Is there a line out I don't there? care. There needs to – if there, someone fucking find this, please. You know what I hope they Capitals do? Capitals get the most suspensions in the league. What's the odds? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, every time those one of those three guys just absolutely murder someone with an open ice hit, I hope they do like the law and order SVU thing where they like trace <laughs> the body on the ice in paint so you can see, oh, you know, who just got freight trained there. But I'm excited to watch those guys buzz around and just dummy people. Hoping that yeah. nothing really to say. I mean, yeah. we know he's a top three goalie in the league, if it, not the He's best. a small step behind Carey Price for best goaltender in the league. What do you know about... Phoenix Copley. So I loved Cops last year. That was Copley or Copley? Copley. Copley. He had big shoes to fill. Having Grubauer and Holtby as their one-two punch, that's essentially, I mean, now Gruby's getting his own start. That's essentially two starters. Yeah. So he had big shoes to fill. I thought he played great, uh, but, you know, he's definitely – I think his job's kind of up for question, and not because he's not playing well. It's just the fact that their prospect, their highly, their most highly touted prospect at this point, is the goalie Ilya Samsonov. Yeah. 
So they got him 22nd overall in 2015. And even though Copley's right now number two on the depth chart, I think with Holtby's future up in the air, I would expect Copley to sort of let Samsonov have a couple starts this year. Yep. So my final synopsis of the Capitals, unfortunately, they will win this division again. It is not a competition. Book it. I'm not trying to jinx you. I'm not bullshitting you. I hate all of your fans, but that's neither here nor there. Seven to two. You'd be dumb not to take it otherwise. Even though this division is really tight, I just can't see them losing it. And their power play will be top three. 100%. They will make the playoffs. And then they will lose probably within the second round. You're welcome. My final thoughts, and this is going to include a rant, so bear with me. Kempney and Oshie returning from injuries is huge. Uh, They both were out for a long time in the playoffs last year. That was a big loss. Obviously, Oshie with that egregious hit in the Carolina series that I don't know how that wasn't a longer suspension. I may or may not have thrown things at my TV. You know, who knows? Kempney coming back really bolsters the defense. Having Jonas Siegenthaler step into essentially what I think is going to be his first full NHL season is a big deal. I think he kind of got the short end of the stick last season. Him and Christian Juice were forced to shoulder a lot of the load, and at times they were exposed. I think their game has grown a lot, and it'll be interesting to see which one of them is in the lineup full-time this season. My gripe with the power play, and arguably on paper, the Washington Capitals have probably the greatest power play ever assembled. You have Evgeny Kuznetsov, Nick Backstrom, Alex Ovechkin, TJ Oshie, and John Carlson on the ice at the same time. That's unbelievable. I mean, the amount of shot power that that power play has is egregious. They need to fix it. It struggled last year, and I'm going to tell you right now how to fix it. It's get rid of the fucking slingshot pass. So for those of you that don't know, the slingshot pass is when the defenseman or the center, whoever's starting the power play breakout, comes out from behind the net, skates about to his own blue line, and then turns and throws a slingshot pass back to the center or the defenseman, whoever's picking the puck up. That's It used to work so well for them. It's essentially the reason why the power play was trashed the second half of the year last year. It's so easy to read. Once teams know you're going to do it, you can pick it apart like a fucking rotisserie chicken. It is... <laughs> It's so blatantly obvious when it's going to happen. Just get the puck deep, have Ovi absolutely put someone through the glass, turn the puck over, get it to Kuzi, who will get it to Backstrom, who will throw it to Carlson, Ovi, or Oshie for a huge 1T, top cheese, how are you, keep the change. You heard it here, here, folks. Holy shit. That's what needs to be fixed. Bottom six, I'm looking to see that improve a lot. Bottom line for these guys, I love them. They torture my life, but I still love them. Tough division. They're capable of pushing again. Let's do it again. Why not? They're going to win the division, right? Yeah, they're going to win the division. Nine to two. Nine Book to it. Two. I'm actually yeah. most confident on this. Seven to two. Seven to two. Oh, seven right. Penguins two. were nine to two. Sorry, I got my bias in the way there. Uh, yeah, seven to two. Book it. You're an idiot otherwise. So. Yeah. Uh, other than that, that pretty much wraps up our Metro Division preview and all the division previews. Yeah, that was it. So, uh, as we mentioned before, with this division, it's basically you know a toss-up anything can happen this is the tightest division in the nhl this is the best division in the nhl and i don't want to hear these boners at nhl network saying the central is they just don't have the depth that this division does so i agree so this is a tough one to bet yes it is and i think that the capital even though we are keep even jesus christ english (laughs) 
Even though we keep saying that this division is really tight, I really believe the Capitals are probably your easiest number one pick other than maybe the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm, I would still say it's probably the Capitals just because they've done it. So for t- your cup pick? No, for the okay. for their um, division pick. Yes, we will get into Stanley Cup picks next week. We'll do that, but I think the Caps are the best lock to win their division just because they've done it so many times. They and have the same team. As they're always. really good in the regular season. That's what they like to do. Exactly, and it feels like they never fucking lose at home. So that will wrap it up for all of the division previews. Hopefully, you guys got some good insight on every team for the upcoming season. As we mentioned last. Uh, Fuck. You can do it. (laughs) As we mentioned last episode, the next episode will be dropping on Tuesday, October 1st, which will be the week that the regular season is starting. We are going to do our How to Bet Hockey episode where we will break down how you guys can make the most money betting this wonderful sport that we all love. We will dissect what puck line means how money line works, over-unders, what teams you should be betting certain picks Canucks on. Canucks over. Yes, Canucks over, Blackhawks over. Avalanche over. Stars puck line, in my Stars opinion. puck line. Anyways, we will get into all that next week and give our Stanley Cup final picks with our winners. And we will also give you our best pick for Stanley Cup winner based on odds. Hart Trophy, Calder Trophy, all that stuff. So please stay tuned. Tune yes. into the next episode. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be something different for you guys. This is going to be unlike the previous episodes. We've got our new segments with first liner versus fourth liner, like I mentioned last episode. Betting trends, who's hot, who's not. Everything's coming at you next week. We will have game. This is unbelievable that I'm saying this. When we drop the next episode, there will be hockey that week, and we are so blessed to have opening weekend close. It's so close. I can taste it. And we are really excited for you guys to see, you know, kind of what more of our routine will be. I mean, so far up to this point, it's been a lot of preseason talk, and we've had a lot of fun doing it. But it's time to get into the real segments and the meat of this episode. Let's make it happen. And we just want to take this shit to the moon. We have a lot of Instagram highlights that will be coming up over the course of the next week. You will see what we're talking about as the week progresses, but we are really excited to announce some things. Yeah, stay tuned. Something special coming soon. I know we said there was a big announcement this episode. We're actually not going to announce it yet. We're going to announce it next episode, right when the season starts. Nick and I fucked up, but we're going to tease you guys just a little bit longer. Dangle the bait. Why not? Exactly. Um, So, yeah, we got a lot of good stuff coming on the Instagram this week. Keep an eye out for it. We look forward to dropping the next episode. And hopefully you guys enjoyed this. And I just want to say thank you to everyone as we wrap up these division previews. This has been so much fun. This is probably the highlight of both of our weeks. This is just real fun to get in the meeting room and do this. And, you know, hopefully one day we can just take this shit to the moon. That's the goal. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks for tuning in once again. Uh, Spread the word. Share it with your friends. Let's blow this thing up. And have a great work week, guys. Yep. And without further ado, class dismissed. Summer has come and passed The innocent can never last Wake me up when September ends Like my father's come to pass Seven years has gone so fast 
September and 